Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. This is the weekend edition where we interview notable people from the world of real estate investing. Today is no exception. We have a great guest all the way from Salt Lake City, Utah. Welcome to the show, Chris Miles. Hey, it's glad to be here, man. Great to have you here. Now, Chris, you've been at this game a number of years. You've gotten out of the rat race a couple of times. Before we dig into the details, why don't you give us a little bit of your backstory and how you got to this point in your journey? Yeah. So I started out trying to be, uh, I was actually going to become a business consultant back when I was in college. And I thought if I was going to do that, I should probably have real life business experience. So in 2001, 2002, I decided I was going to launch out and, and do something entrepreneurial. And the uh, the first business that came up that I realized they would take anybody off the street, as long as you could pass a test, was being a financial advisor. So I started doing that commission only. Started to really love being an entrepreneur, right? Uh, did that for four years. Was a traditional mainstream advisor, the same salesman and suit you always see. And then I realized that the crap doesn't work. You know, it just does not create much freedom. So I left that. I vowed never to go back to teaching money again. After several months, I was able to retire myself by following what millionaires actually do versus trying to do what financial advisors told me to do, right? Did that, was able to get out of the rat race, came out of the rat race to teach people how to do it. The recession hit. And of course, I was in my late 20s. I was young and dumb. I was gambling with my real estate. And so I went from millionaire to upside down millionaire. That's why I had to retire twice. Um, I don't recommend it for people. I was able to dig back out of that though. I was about over a million dollars in debt, was able to with no money, no credit, eventually dig my way back out and was able to become financially free again, end of 2016. And here I am now, semi-retired, but still teaching, doing my podcast and that sort of thing. I love it. I love it. So what was it about being a financial advisor that really sucked? I mean, I know, I think I know the answer, but what was it from your perspective that didn't work? You know, the thing is, I think financial advisors like I was are, are all very kind hearted, right? They want to do the right thing. The problem is you're taught and trained by financial institutions to just sell crap, right? To sell pretty much little products in the box. I mean, really, you're just salesmen in a suit is what I realized. I mean, you're just trying to fit people into these boxes that just try to sell them anything based on whatever their fears or their desires are. You've got something to give them, right? But really, when you dumb it down, it's basically Mexican food. I mean, traditional financial advice is Mexican food, right? Whether you have a taco, a burrito, a tostada, whatever it is, they have the same exact ingredients in it. They just package it differently, right? And the financial advising world is just mutual funds and insurance. That's it. Like if you really dumb it down, it's mutual funds and insurance, annuities, things like that. Nothing else is really out of the box. There's nothing that's really significant. In fact, in the mutual fund world, it's high risk and lackluster returns that you get. Even with the last 11 years of upmarket, Still, that's beyond the average, like double the average of the market, right? And, and people are thinking, hey, that's great. And even then, that doesn't compete with stuff like real estate. So I, I realized that after about four years and, and starting to look at when people were financially free, right? I had a, had a friend who was a real estate investor. This is right at the end of 2005, beginning of 2006. And he stopped me. He said, Chris, how many of your clients are actually financially free? Like where they don't worry about money? And I said, well, none of them. And they all seem to worry about money, especially if they watch CNN. So if you watch CNN, you're going to worry about everything. He said, all right, well, good job, Chris. Well, how about this? How many of you guys, financial advisors are financially free, not off the commissions, but actually off the advice that you're giving all your clients? So investing in these mutual funds. And I said, well, none. Maybe one guy is. And I found out that guy wasn't either. Later on, when he got laid off from that company, he was scrambling to find work. And there was where he got me, right? And, and I said, all right. 
Now what? He said, well, I don't think you're open to it because you're a financial advisor. You guys are close-minded. But if you are, go listen to this radio show that these real estate investors are doing. That's AM Talk Radio. This is before podcast. And then, of course, go get the book by Robert Kiyosaki called Who Took My Money, which is a lesser known rich dad book, but it goes more into why mutual funds stink, right? Like basically why they won't work. After I went through that book and listened to the radio show and everything, I said, okay, I'm starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel, but what do I do? And, and eventually I had to quit. Two months later, I said, I'm, I'm out. I'm out of this business. I can't stay here anymore. I can't be in integrity and teach this stuff. It's so funny. There's so many people that have a Purple Book story in one form or another. For many people, it's that original book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And I've got to know Robert over the years. We've, we're friends and he's been a guest on the show. I've been on his show and he's just a great teacher. He's a very simple teacher in some respects, but he cuts through the noise, cuts through all of the layers of story that we layer on top of things to justify what we're doing and gets down to the core of the matter. And it's really when you do that, that you really understand what is investing, what is speculating, what is running a business, what is the do-it-yourself model and all of those different things by cutting through and really just looking at it against the cold, hard light of day. And when he does that, you're just there sitting in that pile of whatever saying, yep, Robert, you're right. So fast forward to today, of course, we have stock markets at multiples that make no sense on a fundamentals basis. When that comes home to roost, I've got the memory of the year 2000 still fresh in my mind. I was a multi-multi-millionaire having taken a technology company public. and But of course, that was all on paper. And of course, it evaporated overnight. It evaporated overnight. I remember I went out and I bought a a big fancy sailboat. And I said, Oh, that's only 5% of my holdings. That's not extravagant. And uh, that 5% grew to 10 and to 20 and to 50. Not because the boat got more valuable, but because the value of my holdings shrunk. So <laughs> it's well, and we're seeing the same thing today. This is almost like a Y2K repeat, what we're seeing in the market right now. We got pre-IPO companies, they're all tech-based, right? And they don't have to have a product and people are throwing billions of dollars into these pre-IPOs. And you've got claims of energy, you know, energy vehicles, the electric vehicles, and they may not even have a vehicle and they're still claiming like, hey, we've got it. And so their stock price soars and we've got all this stuff that's just creating hopium in the stock market right now. And, and that's, that's speculating, like you said, right? That's gambling. That is not investing. Investors do not gamble and speculate. Investors know that dollars follow the value that's being created out there. How do I create a valuable situation where this money is, it has to produce a return. It has to create something because there's a value out there. One of the things I've always believed is that there's risk in anything that you do. There's, of course, business risk. When you have a business, things can go wrong within the business. But then on top of that, if you're doing something where the market isn't fully developed, then you're layering market risk on top of the business risk because you have to develop the market in addition to developing your business. With what we do in real estate, doesn't matter what segment you're in, whether it's multifamily, senior housing, industrial, maybe not so much office and retail at the moment, but those markets exist. They're proven. You can point to comps, not just comps to set the value, but you see real live transactions that are occurring each and every day. It's a market that has liquidity and it's based on people turning profit to the bottom line. Because if you don't in this business, you go under real fast. It's not like these companies that can do debt for equity swaps 
and or they can do a new bond issuance. You just don't have that latitude because all of these all of the debt is secured against those hard assets. And if the ratios don't work, it doesn't work. It's it's yeah. much more solid. It's much more, it's based on the fundamentals. Yeah. I tell people all the time that boring is sexy, right? Because I, I don't have any investments I offer my own clients. I just help them connect them and help them strategize to get out of the rackets. And when they're saying, well, what should I be looking at? What, you know, what property should I be buying or what deals or syndications should I be getting into? I said, if you're going in, especially if you're going into syndications, you want boring. You know, you want the syndication that it's not like someone who's saying, hey, I'm going to try a coffee farm for the first time in my life. I think that's going to be a deal. It'll be fun. You, you don't want to go into stuff like that. You want to go into something where this person says, listen, I know this industry. I know this area, this market, or I know this investment, like the back of my hand. I've done it dozens or hundreds of times so often that this is just the boring standard textbook type of, of syndication that I do. I'm like, great. Those are the ones you want. Those are the ones you want. You want people that have been doing this since before the recession, even over multiple recessions, if you got somebody actually good, have a good track record to do that, those are the people you want to have money with, not people that say, yeah, but look at Bitcoin right now, or hey, look at this market right now. Let's see what's going on right now. Let's buy that. Those things look sexy, but like you and I, we've, we've been burned over the years, right? We've seen the ups and the downs. We know that the more boring it is, the sexier it gets. That's absolutely true. That's absolutely true. And yet for the for those that are creative, like myself, it's easy to get fascinated by those opportunities to do something that's differentiated in the market as well. So the art is in doing something that's differentiated, but not so far off that you're off in the weeds. That's right. So it's got to be an extension of the concept that is well understood in the marketplace that people you know are going to buy that's fulfilling a real need. That's the key. Rather than just saying, okay, I'm going to go do something that's new for the sake of doing something new. Absolutely. 100% agree. Okay. So we talked about the stock market. Today, there's a lot of real estate markets that many would look at and say they're overheated as well. What are the strategies that you're focusing on today that you think have strong fundamentals? You know, the strategies I always go for is I like cash flow. I mean, that's the thing is like, if it creates stable, predictable income, that's usually the route I go. And I learned that from the last recession, right? I was trying to gamble and speculate off of appreciation of the real estate market. That was a mistake I made because you don't hear people out there like in the, in the programs that are sold, right? Like you mentioned Kiyosaki, like there's companies out there that will sell products. I even used to work for one of them. I remember like if you said, hey, you do this real estate deal, you make 300 bucks a month, you know, versus, hey, I did this flip and I made $50,000 off that flip. People are going to buy the flip any day over the $300 a month. But since going through the last recession, I realized, you know what? That $300 a month is what I want, you know? So, you know, for me, my personal thing is I like real assets. Like that's the thing I'm looking at. And I even tell all my clients is look for real, tangible assets. You're investing in something that's real, not paper, not derivatives. We're not looking at anything like that. And again, there's nothing wrong with doing notes, note investing, things like that, but you gotta be careful. You know, like it's gotta be something that's, you can actually have something that's tangible you can have a claim on. And that's why I love doing real estate. Personally, I love doing turnkey type properties because I'm, I'm not an active investor. I love to be passive. But you know, active investing can be great, again, if it's not just transactional wealth you're creating, but passive wealth. Or your wholesaler is just trying to flip for a profit you know, or, or trying to do something that way. Or you somebody says, hey, I got this property. Maybe I could do a fix and flip. Or I do a fix and renovate, and then I go and rent it out. Right. And that actually creates stable cash flow. Because I think now in this market, cash flow is everything. It doesn't matter how much you accumulate if it doesn't equate to income. Absolutely. Hands down. 
And we've, in fact, pivoted some of the products that we've had in development as well to focus more on those cash flow type plays. We've paused some projects, which were, boy, those were difficult decisions to take a development project, put it on pause. And yet we've launched new development projects where the fundamentals made sense. So it's uh, it's all about, like you said, making sure that those fundamentals are in place. Yeah. And that's really what it is. It's all about how do I, again, get my money in a place where it's going to one, produce cash flow, and then two, how am I actually make sure that if something does go wrong, I've got recourse. Even my emergency still, you know, my emergency funds. You know, my wife and I were talking about where to store money and things like that, especially with the currency wars going on in the backgrounds and things like of that nature. You know, the truth is that nothing's safe. Like you said, nothing is risk-free. All we can do is try to create as much as we can with what we've got. And so yeah, I might keep cash on hand. Yeah, I've got some gold and silver as well. Kiyosaki I know is big on on gold and silver right now. Heck, I even play with Bitcoin, although I don't ever gamble or, or I, I do gamble. I just don't make anything with that. I don't do a big position in that at all. That's just more of a fun thing. But for the most part, I'm just keeping store money in cash, gold and silver. And then even like within my life insurance, you know, keeping it stored there to where I know I've got cash that's backed up even better than the FDIC with my bank. Yeah, I, I agree with that completely. And on moments of weakness, we're buying gold regularly. I love love accumulating gold, and over the long haul, that's proven to be a good a good decision. That's definitely proven to be a good decision, and I love accumulating real estate. Just collecting it, it's just like collecting baseball cards. <laughs> <laughs> Except these ones actually pay you something, unlike the baseball cards I used to collect, and then they turned into nothing because they overproduced them. That's the big difference. Is that no? You're right. Land is a limited resource. It's something that does whole value holds great value, whether it's land, whether it's property or both. It's a, it's a great place to store money. Fantastic. Well, Chris, if folks want to connect, if they want to learn more, what's the best way? Yeah, one of two ways. One, you can go to my website, moneyripples.com, where I have some blogs and things like that on there as well. Um, or you can even check out my podcast, The Chris Miles Money Show that I do as well. And so lots to choose from on that one. I've got, I think, something like 450 episodes. So it's you got a few to go through, but you know, not quite as big as yours, you know, with the daily thing, but you know, twice a week, that's about all I'm, I'm willing to handle. Right on. Well, Chris, thank you for the insights. And for the listeners at home, definitely reach out to Chris at moneyrepples.com and check out the Chris Miles Money Show on your favorite podcast listening platform. In the meantime, have an awesome rest of your weekend. Go make some great things happen. I'll talk to you again tomorrow.